on this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we've got fake woo-woo crap. And real woo-woo crap. Let's do this. color they had in the shirt but it was a shirt that was made for women so welcome to this week's episode of devil's trap podcast i'm diana and i'm liz just throwing her off her game (laughs) on this week what are we talking about season seven episode seven the mentalists and it feels kind of you know like a number thing like numerology like it's season seven episode seven yeah. yeah, isn't that like a thing? I, I mean, like, so, like I've got like a lot of sevens in my numerology, so like you figure them out, you can hack my identity. I think, cool. yeah, I think that's how that works. That's how it was just like because if I told you, that's what would happen. So totally. So uh, if you if you're watching this on some YouTube thing that ever gets published, Diana is wearing a leopard print shirt. So uh, what's up with you, leopard print shirt, Diana? Oh, I just, um, you know, had a wonderful morning where you're in a hurry in the morning and you spill coffee all over yourself and you're annoyed for a minute and then you realize you're wearing leopard print. So it doesn't matter because no one can tell. Ooh. Boom. Leopard print to save the day. That's right. Leopard print, fuck the world. I think that was, that was just a theme that we should have every once in a while. Yeah. What have you been up to? So it's still hot as balls. Uh, and it's cooled down a little. I was like, it was not triple digits. It was not triple. Digits. Oh, it's triple digits here. Like that didn't like oh, we, we just like we just weren't like above the trip. Like I still think it was like one hundred and one today. We actually got some rain here yesterday. I think which was great. Yeah. Uh, as I say this, and I'm worried about like my friends in Florida who are like getting too much rain. And I was too like, much rain. I was like, they're like too much rain, too much rain. I'm like, not enough rain, not enough rain. So yeah. that's our weather report for this, this August. <laughs> there you go. Ta-da! Ta-da! Uh, who needs who needs a weather channel? This was so weather. much weather. <laughs> weather. It's happening all around us. It does, but weather. Uh, so yeah. this weekend, I continued. Uh, checking out the the gyms in my area that you can go hang from hoops at and so i finally went to like the third one and i think i just got very spoiled in austin and you know it was kind of like a sad thing of like shifting a place where you start off with a hobby and you start off with a really great thing and then none of the places here are bad i just got spoiled like a motherfucker right and so once again, I had a class where there were two people who were in the adult class who were in like teenage, teenage women, young women, girls, whatever. But one of them was very short and that made me excited because I was like, yay, another short girl. That's, you know, so cool. But like middle aged bodies and like teenage bodies, like when you're doing things on 
air circus apparatuses, we all function differently, right? So it's reasonable. It's reasonable and kind of going to give you a complex if you're just like, hey, like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then, like, watch, like, the 16-year-old version of yourself. And then it's kind of nice. You're like, oh, why did I have this when I was 16? Like, that would have been very sweet. But I, but I didn't. So, but then I was kind of went through this, like this crisis. Of, so here's the thing. If you exercise in your, in your middle age times, after you exercise, you hurt like a lot. And if you're doing this on things which are inherently made to hurt you more, like, you know, banging yourself on a, a giant hoop of steel, you kind of lay there and you're like, Why? Is it worth it? And then I looked at this, like, I got an article for Pink. And Pink is, like, doing, like, all this shit. And she's two years younger than me. And I was like, well, Pink can do this. I can do this. But then I was also like, Pink used to be a gymnast. So basically, I'm going through, like, a crisis of going, is it worth, like, pounding? Like, I don't know. How? how, Is it worth pounding? Is it worth pounding myself? (laughs) And can and can you recover from it? Like in a in a in a in a definitely a middle aged body. Like well the whole idea was just like, you know, I get through this and then at my fifty my fiftieth birthday I have, you know, instead of a quinceanera, like Diana wanted to have a thing that we still haven't done for her, which is, you know, like Sorry. her party with like the big Sorry, we, we just want to do things with poofy dresses. And so right. I went on my fiftieth birthday I went to the poofy dress and a hoop, right? And technically, I could probably do it now and be fine. But you know, like I would like to do it well. Have a theme. Have a theme. Have a theme. But Why like, not? if I'm like just like kind of like crippled like afterwards, like is it worth it? It's like, can I just like start eating cake now, like and just prepare that for our fiftieth? Like maybe I'll just make a rip. maybe just sit in the hoop in a fancy dress and eat cake. I mean, I don't have to train for three years to do that. I mean, it's a, it's a backup plan. It's a backup. It's plan. a backup. Not plan, plan A. Yeah. So plan. that's what's going on with me. Just those very in-depth life questions. And thinking about my, <sighs> which is really sad. Also thinking about like how my fiftieth birthday. Like, I'm sure like if if I listen to this, my fiftieth birthday, I'd be kicking myself. But it's not that far off, right? Like, I don't know. it's life, man. Just, just thinking about it. So what's going on with you, Diana? Just uh, keeping busy with work. And uh, now um, uh, we've been, I feel like I've been super busy. I had to, I was down in Houston for a little bit last week and um, it was humid in case you were wondering. <laughs> what? Oh my God. So <laughs> there's a weather. I had to talk back into weather for you. Weather report. Weather. The fact weather. that you went to Houston but, and it was gross. Oh, the fact that like you should get paid more for going to Houston in August. Like I feel <laughs> like that. It was, I had to, you know, it was an important trip and it was a good trip. I feel it like Houston just, should uh, give you Houston. money as you like you cross the, the border. Houston, the city of. The city of. The city instead of. of like you paying a toll like to get into this, like to get out of this. An opposite. The opposite. Just like here is ten cents for coming into Houston and dealing with our humidity. Uh, yeah, but then um, yeah, Dave, Babe, and I got out for a little bit this weekend. We we had grandiose plans, and then we decided just him and I did a little bop around town and uh, ended up um, you know, popped to a couple of our favorite bars in Deep Ellum, and then went over to um, 
a bar we had not been to that we had heard great things about in our neighborhood and it is um called barbara's pavilion uh i say our neighborhood the side of town that we're on and it is pretty amazing um and you will have to go when you visit I just said you was like there's a bar. I'm like cool. All right, let's go. Well, it's in our neighborhood. Well, say in our neighborhood. It's close by, and it is super like cute, kitschy, and um, has just a super diverse crowd there. And they are known for their karaoke. Uh, All these things I love. I do love that. Yeah, so that's like about it, I guess, in my world. I feel like we're going into holiday weekend, and uh, I don't have much going on kind of glad it's kind of cool like i don't know float in the pool yeah sounds nice i'm pretty excited because i realized that i have i'm going to a concert and then i was like but i i don't know i can never say that i'm gonna be off so i just really don't want to i don't want to jinx it but it's possible Mm -hmm. that i may have like multiple days off next week and that's very exciting that's exciting. Because I'm very tired and I would like to have some days off. Like, just like a day off. That'd be cool. Like, but anyways, are we ready to talk about this very, very exciting episode? Because this. I, I feel like you are ready. And I knew you would be as soon as I watched this. Well, I think you knew before you, before you watched this because I, this was one of those. I'm like, have you watched it yet? Have you, like, it, like there's a little puppy dog that I should have. Like, puppy, have you watched this episode yet? Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it opens. Well, first. Okay, I well, say, first, let me get into the background. Oh, yeah, give me your background. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's a thing. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's rolling. There's a thing we do. Okay, so this is called The Mentalist, and this was season seven, episode seven, and we've already said, like, good luck things just kind of running around, but you think it works because we this because of this episode. I'm just going to switch into this weird, like, New Jersey accent for it, and we're just going to roll with it. Okay, mm-hmm. so this first aired November 4th, 2011, and it was directed by our favorite Princess Switch director, Mike Roll who we haven't seen since season six episode 16 and then there were none but in between that we have not talked about one of the rom-coms that he's directed so this uh the episode I mean, the episode the movie was called chloe i'm not sure this is actually the title of the movie it's the title of the byline chloe bennett gets married by mistake to the wrong brother question mark so, okay, the, the name of the movie is Married by Mistake. Okay, which is a terrible, uh, terrible intro, but sorry. All right, so um, this was the Network E made this rom-com. So, you know. Ooh. Yeah. And so it stars Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. vet Chloe Bennett. And they say that it's definitely not a Hallmark, Hallmark Channel movie. For starters, okay. Bennett's character Riley wakes up in bed with a man. And from there, things get spicier with talks of sex and orgasms! Exclamation mark. Like we said, we're definitely not in Hallmark's wholesome Kansas anymore. What follows is a series of delightful and classic rom-com tropes including marriage and convenience with awkward kissing and a love triangle involving two brothers is that not the most awkward copy you've ever fucking heard it's very awkward copy e the fucking like e exclamation mark wow 
Okay, yeah, so that happened. Huh. Um, but I mean, I kind of uh, I kind of want to see the movie, but like I mean, yeah, it sounds like a tr- it sounds like a like a like a like a slutty Hallmark movie and I'm in. Yeah, I also like I love a Hallmark, but like why can, not? Can I get some slutty Hallmark movies? Like I would actually promote this. Let's go with that. This Christmas, like Horrors of Hallmark or something. Just let's go let that would be great. No, you don't need to go that far. You just got to get a little spicier. Like Cinemax, like <laughs> No. Not that, not that kind of spicy. No, 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 no. Okay, whatever, fine. All right. So this was written by the. There was a duo. I do love a duo. Like, and I also just don't understand how like the right like these writing teams work. It just seems like I don't. know. It seems like a pain in the ass. But anyway, so this was written by the writer team. It's a group project. I, yes, exactly. I guess I, maybe they had better group projects than I did in all of my years of schooling. But, sure, they they have a system. There's a lot of writers that write together. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Systems. I'm sure it's great to have somebody to bounce stuff off of. But all right. So this was written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. What? That's, that's those hilarious. are those are their names. Okay. So this is the first time that they've come into our writing world of supernatural. Spoiler: It's the only time. But so I think. But so really what they do besides this, they also write the thrilling adventure, which was like, like a podcast before there was a podcast, I guess. Right. And so now that like, so they've just basically had a lot of people that have been on that. And like Jim Bieber was on that before he was on here or something like that. Oh, cool. and so you're just like how this is just like yeah oh, like crap like that um, and so at this point though they're doing a podcast in the style of that and so they're anthologizing the thrilling adventures a space cowboy sparks nevada played by mark evan jackson who married mediums frank and Sa- sadie doyle played by paula Tompkins, who's in everything and Paget brewster and all american hero jefferson reed nathan fillion so we got Nathan Fillion, so who's also in everything. Yay, Nathan Fillion. But I just think it's interesting that their radio show is about two mediums when this is the mentalist. And so you can listen to that. It's hosted on ACAS and you find it wherever you listen to your other podcast, blah, blah, blah. But I just thought the medium in time was cool. So, because, why do I find that's cool? Because we open with what? What was opening? Like, as soon as, like, the first scene, you were just like... I was like, oh, jeez, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> we've got a medium uh, with a Ouija board hosting... Or, or, yeah, you can, call, you can call it a talking board. You can call it a spirit board. Excuse you can also Ouija. This technically was not made by Parker. Was so different. Whatever. So I'll show up. So it's a talking board with our um, our medium and a couple, uh, and uh, uh, they are trying to call Uncle Danny. That's that's the that's the long and the short of it. And the uh, the planchette is moving, but. Out of this couple, the woman's like, I want to ask Danny all the questions. I'm excited. Danny's here. Yay, let's talk because there's a breeze. And the dude's like, this is bullshit. She's moving it. But whatever. I really just want the papers that were supposed to be in the safe, but they weren't there. And that has to do with my inheritance. So what the fuck, Danny? I love how this dude like has like is such a skeptic, except for the fact when it comes to his money. Hmm. So the as as the man keeps asking about the about like insisting that he wants to know where the money is. We see that things get weird. There's a the the fire flares up in the fireplace. The light bulbs burst, 
Um, and then the planchette starts to move more on its own and they're basically cold breath, which we all know by now is a sign of ghosts or spirits around. And then the planchette hovers in midair and then it flies and stabs the medium straight in the fucking throat. That's amazing. It's so great. I love, I just love this idea of this death. Like I think like, wild it's good, wild good but it's good writing it's just like it's interesting and so good like and i'm sure like this is in a, like a bunch of horror movies like you know, it's just, it, but it's so I'm sure, i, I but... love it i, I was saying i love a medium being stabbed in the throat i just i just think the i with a planchette with a yeah, planchette cool. it was just that's the spicy it is <laughs> So our next scene, we've got Dean. He's got a bag of uh, of barbecue from the rib shack. And a Slim uh, Jim. Step into and a he's Slim bummed, Jim. And he's bummed that he has no messages from Sam. And then he stops at a early 70s blue Dodge Challenger and proceeds to use the Slim Jim to break into it. And he's just very disrespectful to this car. He's offended because it's full of fast food, but he's just going to put his own fast food in there. He starts ripping down the fuzzy dice and just fuck you. Like that. Well, he's hot wiring it. Yeah. It's rude. It's just rude. Like you're stealing this car and like, I mean, I don't. And insulting it. You're just insulting. Like to me, like, I don't feel like this is a car you steal. Like, I think this is a rude car to steal. Like I get that it's an easy car to steal, but it's a rude car to steal. Eh, is it though? They had fuzzy dice. They put fuzzy dice and they love their car. Okay, so. So he hears the radio DJ who's real, like, it's a real over the top annoying, like. Bananas Fosters. Bananas. Talking about news of the weird, about deaths in Lilydale, the most psychic town in America. <laughs> so. Obviously, Dean's going to go to Lilydale. Damn right and he is. We're always going to Lilydale. And duh. And so he shows up at the um uh the murder site of our um of our, of our, our medium. medium. And it's still a very much an active crime scene. So again yeah, he got there real fast. Well and then super you know supernatural timing here again. Like would that have been on the radio and have still been an active crime scene? Or would he have gone to like a different like did he just find the new the crime one. scene that went down? Yeah. This is this is definitely not a, a, a timeline that matches. But he is poking around, and what he finds are all things that a um, I don't want to use the word fraud. Embellisher. Let's use the word. The, the, an embellisher. An embellisher. That is a word they use, and we all mm-hmm. we all love an embellisher. So things that an embellisher could use to make your time experience, experience talking to the other side better so you could have a tape recorder which plays wrestling noises you could have a lever on the floor that like moves like other things around you could have a switch that makes a chair you have things that make the curtains move Mm -hmm. and he finds all of that so and as he goes outside and he's walking down the street in this town so he knows that this that this medium may or may not have been 
actually psychic or utilizing these embellishments to give an experience. But as he's walking down the street, he sees it's just a row after row of psychic reading signs and all these people getting psychic readings on the street. It's pretty funny. You know, if I could just play this over and over again, and like if I could walk outside and just see this, like it, it's just so it's it's just the ha- my happy place. This episode yeah. is very much my happy place. You're right. Can I just live in Lilydale? Um, and there's a sign for the annual Lilydale Psychic Festival, uh, with three specific psychics pictured and noted on it. We've got, what, you got something? I know, just, just, so just like, you know, waiting for you the list. Um, oh, okay. Imelda Graven and her crystal ball, Grandma Goldie and Talking Board, and our, who is our recent victim, by the way, we recognize her picture. And Nikolai Lishin, kinetic mind. Yeah, and this thing is what? Okay, so you've got this, or this is this is very interesting. And it also okay, it yeah. also advertises that there will be psychic and tarot reading, palmistry, and horoscope. Whatever, shut up and take my money. <laughs> So Dean goes into this restaurant that sign was in front of. It's the Good Graces Cafe, and their special of the day is you. It's you. Oh my god, I'd be so annoyed at this place. And the soup uh, of the day is. is a state of bliss. Because you know, like, oh shit, like everything there's gonna be no cheese here. It's just gonna be like vegan cheese. So uh apparently you also get a free affirmation with every order. You do, you do. And Dean is not down with this. And he decides he's going to go for tacos, which I applaud this choice, until... But Sam's there, working the case. Oh, god damn it. So, so yep, he just, like, walks over to Sam. Plops down. So, plops so down. Sam is also suited up. And I would like to point out, once again, that when Sam left, Sam left with a backpack. How- he had a backpack and he, and he walked off a pier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he walked into a lake, not this lake, but a different lake, but with his backpack. And so how would he fit that giant ass suit in that tiny ass backpack? Like, so did he-, he probably just did some more credit card fraud and bought a new one. Well, we've learned in the last episode that they're not good at credit card fraud and they had That's to start true. over. So like, how did he have a time to go get another, which also points into other things that happen in this about your know, other criminal shit. But um, I just want to point out, where does Sam get in suit? So uh, Dean just basically starts talking to Sam like they're working the case. And Sam is just not engaging. Um, he tries and- so hard. Just so hard. Yeah, like, hey. he's just like, mm, 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 mm. I don't, I don't want to deal with you. I don't <sighs> want to deal with you. If I just shut up and ignore you, will you just go away? And uh, Dean does finally order his food from our waiter that shows up, and the waiter takes his order and then calls him a virile manifestation of the divine. That is a thus affirmation. And God damn it, like if there was a restaurant <sighs> in my town. That offer me an affirmation like this, like every time, yes, shut up and take my money. So finally, Sam tries to talk to Dean, but then Dean just starts cutting him off. Now that Dean, now that Sam actually wants to respond, Dean's just like too busy cutting him off. And finally, is like his whole thing is basically just saying they just need to work the case together because they're both there. Neither of them are going to leave until it's solved, and they work together well. They know this. So they might as well just fucking do it together, and they don't have to talk about the bullshit, which we all know doesn't work. But okay. Nice try. Nice try. 
What's hilarious is when this woman walks in and freaks the fuck out. Because guess what she's looking at that we're now realizing as the audience that no one has noticed is that, oh, the guys that were on the news like two weeks ago murdering a shit ton of people and are supposed to be dead are now sitting together in a restaurant. Yeah, I know. That's not, that was not us. That's our doppelgangers. We're, we're not them. We're fine. They're dead. You saw the one where they died. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. We're cool. But I feel like it was a weird choice to not like do any sort of like, I don't know, like dye your hair. Like you don't have to go extreme here. Just like a, a tweak. Just a tweak. Get a haircut. But I think this kind of also falls out. Like if you're hot, you can get away with anything. And so they're just like, we're fine. And she is like, oh, yes, Mr. Hot Boys, your energy looks, oh your energy is harmless. I can tell, unless you don't want to be harmless with me. But then, you know, then her, then her man who has the world's worst Russian accent. It's not that bad. It's bad. It is super bad. He's he's actually he's actually from USSR Ukraine. Oh shit. Oh, okay. So that's what I was gonna tell you. It's like, no, You're it's, like not no, bad. it's not bad. I don't know. It sounds bad. It's very extreme. He does exaggerate. Very obviously. exaggerated. But he's like, Oh yeah, these guys are totally FBI. I'm from Russia, so I can tell. <laughs> Which I think is really funny. I'm like, okay. All right, dude. I don't know with how that like tracks, but we'll, no, my, we'll go with that. My notes say not quickly enough to keep you from getting thrown out a window. Oh. Well, he's uh, he informs them that he's not only a um, the kinetic mind, but he's also a spoonbender. Well, we all love a spoonbender. He can teach you to harness the power of your mind. To bend a spoon with your mind. So finally, Sam's like, they leave, and Sam's like, all right, let's share these notes. Okay, Amelda died first. She got brained by her own crystal ball. Okay, they're not Ooh, just. That's new info to us. That's new info. That to is us. new info. But also, I would like to point out that he has got the clipboardy file thing, which I really highly enjoy, and I don't get to employ enough in my life. You know, we have Brad across the top. And then, like, the photos are just, like, through there. So, like, one side was Imelda, and the other side was Goldie, whatever the fuck her name is. But they're just, like, I really appreciate the folder. There's those folders every day. <laughs> the folders with the brads at the top. Yeah. You I get those every, every day. day? That's so sexy. Your job's... I have color-coded color ones. I'm just That's saying. That's so hot. I'm not impressed with them. That's why I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> But I thought they were really cool when I first started using them, if that helps. That is really helpful. Like, you, you know my job. I don't get to – we don't send – We don't have we a lot of physical paperwork. We don't send each other a lot of files. No. But we do. So <laughs> Imelda gets brained by her own crystal ball. Okay, that was the first name we saw on that poster. And also Ooh. the use of the word brained. I appreciated that. I like that. Yeah. Then the next victim was Goldie. And they show a picture of both of them, and they were wearing the same necklace in their photos at their deaths. So that's bad. That's a bad sign. And apparently the necklace was given to Goldie in Imelda's will. So as uh, they've got to figure out this necklace situation. And Sam goes to pour sugar in his coffee, and suddenly his spoon bends. <gasps> what? The spoon bender strikes. All right, so they're going to go talk to Melody Golden, or Melanie Goldie. Golden, excuse me. Uh, Goldie. And she is the granddaughter of Grandma Goldie. 
and um, they're going to talk about Gold Grandma Goldie <laughs> and, and what 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 why she might have gotten killed. So they find out that Melanie is also in the biz. She work yeah. The- she works the medium circuit, but Dean's just just like. You don't look like a psychic. And mm-hmm. and she's just like basically comes down to I'm not. And then when she says that it's an honest living, he gets so super judgy about her definition mm-hmm. of honest. And I'm just like, okay, agent. Says who? Says who, agent? <laughs> exactly. And she's like, Yeah, it's all about reading body language. Less woo-woo, you know. I just read people. And she's like, Yeah, so y'all have been partners for a long time, a lot of tension. Sam's pissed, Dean's stressed. Boom. Okay. Yes, ma'am. I listening. Listening. Yeah, I appreciate this. And but like her grandmother, though, like she actually Goldie, like Goldie, the grandma actually believed in the stuff, right? Yeah, all of it, smoke machine and all. She was all into it. But Melly doesn't believe in this sh- in it, in it either at all. Interestingly, Dean pops off with, "Really, he's surprised that she doesn't," and that he clarifies that he has an open mind. Hmm. Weird. And, uh, okay. apparently, and apparently everything of um, of Goldie's went to the Emporium because Goldie had a deal with the owner. This is weird. Okay, but whatever. Yeah. So that happens. Um, but we cut to an overloaded store, which was an actual pawn shop that they filmed at. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to actually make that many different like changes to it, which I oh, do cool. think is a cool thing. I'm just like, I, I appreciate a store full of crap. Well, Jimmy Tomorrow is uh, the proprietor at the counter and guesses that Sam and Dean are looking for something. Well, no shit. What the fuck do you think they're there for? Why, why anyway. else are you in, my, in a store? But okay. So Sam's got a picture of the necklace and Jimmy gives it some name, the Orb of Thessaly. Okay. And so this is where you, if you are a total fucking nerd, you die because the Orb of Thessaly is what Angel Soul and Buffy was stored in. What? Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's and the the, the pronunciation kind of changes. Like they say, or like is orbithesal. Sometimes it's orbithesal, sometimes orbithesaly. But you can't say it without sounding like you have a list. That's hilarious. I appreciate that. Well, there. So he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go get it. I'm sure it's super in there. He's like, yeah, it's very expensive. Uh, and they flash their FBI badges, so they want the state's evident discount. But they don't have a chain of custody document. Where is your chain of custody? You can't just like go in and like take a fucking necklace. Like that's a legal search and seizure. Like sorry, but okay. But so Jimmy also pulls out just like Sam, I read your energy. And he's like, hold it on to a loss. And he hands him a card. His business card. And his business card says. No future too grim. Uh, like, damn, Jimmy's dark. And his name is Jimmy Tomorrow. Ugh. Yeah. So as so Sam and Dean leave, because they are not impressed with Jimmy. 
And I'm annoyed because they're carrying this necklace loosely instead of the box that the necklace was in. But which I'm just saying that's a Harry Potter lesson. Number one, that's how you get cursed. And number two, it just seems very impractical. Why would you not put it in the? It's box? impractical. You're violating. Like there's so many things that are going wrong. Like I don't know, like. So if this was evidence, you're not handling your evidence correctly. But even if it's not, if it's magical, you're not at like you just like what you just like jacking off like this like cursed object. Well, it doesn't matter because apparently it's just some crap made in Taiwan uh, and they throw it away. So does, but then I'm just like, did Sam know this? Like when he picked it up and that's why he was violating all the magical rules? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we cut to good old Nikolai, our favorite uh, Russian medium and spoon bender. And he has. Drinking a beer. And he has a bunch of silverware. Bunch of silverware. It looks like he jacked it all from the restaurant, by the way. I do. I, I kind of, yeah, I like enjoy this. Like, I'm just like stealing shit from this restaurant. <laughs> but the poor restaurant then is losing. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot of silverware. So I doubt it was stolen. But it was just funny. So he's looking at, you know, he's examining a fork. He bends it with his hand and he's trying to like, he's practicing bending shit. But basically something starts bending on its own and he is kind of freaked out. And what would really freak me out, too, is when all of the silverware laid out on the table suddenly stands upright. Ah! It does. It does. And But then also, like, if you automatically are going to light as a feather stick as stiff as a board, like, of your own accord. Oh, he's lifting him off the floor. He's hovering over the silverware. And you're just like, you just know. You know. The second he starts hovering and the silverware is standing upright, you're like, oh, fuck. I know what's going down. I know it. He's going to get dropped on the silverware. It's going to be messy. But luckily, our director or writer or whoever made this props decision did make sure that this coffee table was glass. So when they, when the spirits did drop good old Nikolai onto the upright silverware, we got a lovely shot from underneath. Yeah, it's convenient. But also, I'd like to point out that at least there was one spoon on there. So besides like him dropping on forks and knives, nice. he also dropped on yeah. a spoon. That's Oof. harder. So. Yeah. Yeah. So next morning, um, we've got Sam and Dean pretending to be FBI again. And uh, Sam had obviously already met the police chief, but uh, introduces Dean as Agent Bourne. And basically the chief's just like, ah, this is a weird one, but whatever. Got a chest full of cutlery. And he's got a bunch of leads, though, which is interesting. We're like, oh, the brothers are like, Sam and Dean are like, oh, shit, you got leads? That's amazing. He's like, uh, yes, I have 46 calls. They're all clairvoyants who know what really happened. The most popular theories, it's a toss-up between a ghost and an ogre who only attacks Russians. And one of them was told by their spirit monkey. They have a spirit monkey. Where is my spirit monkey? Is the spirit monkey an asshole? I don't know. Like, is he just like stealing shit out of your pockets? Is it a nice spirit monkey? I don't know. I need to know more about the spirit monkey, but we don't ever heard anything else about it. So that's all we hear about the spirit monkey. Yeah. So Sam's like, so why, why, why these theories? And they figure out that the victim had had a vision. Some of the victims had visions of their own deaths. And they get interrupted, though, because Melanie Goldie calls Dean. And like, hey, did you really mean what you said about being open-minded? Mm. And he's like, okay. 
So she tells him she's got a uh, voicemail on her landline from Grandma Goldie, who had a vision of her own death. Oh, that's interesting. So Sam and Dean go talk to her, and she's like, yeah. So she saw the seance, the light, the cold air, and Sam's like, yeah, you can stop there. Dean's like, yeah, obviously this is a real ghost. Duh. And now they have to convince the medium, Melanie, who's not really medium, that that it's actually a ghost. It's kind of funny. Yeah. He's like, yeah, there's fake woo-woo crap and real woo-woo crap. And I feel like we don't use the word woo-woo enough anymore, and I like it. And so I say bring woo-woo back. So they explain that they are not FBI agents, and she needs mm-hmm. a drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Yeah, and so does Dean. Well, I don't um, think Dual Dean's just like, I support this. And like, yes, we have discussed your alcoholism in many, many episodes. Yeah. And then they just start discussing about how the spirit is moving all around time. Right. And so as Sam and Dean leave, and they're like, yeah, the ghost is not tied to a house. And it's, you know, it's not surprising with so many psychics in this town, though, because they're, they make a joke that crystal balls are like ghost satellite dishes. And they're like, but there might actually be some real psychics. And that just makes things more complicated. She can't discount all of them. So Dean is just extremely annoyed with this town in general. And Sam's like, that's fine. We're going to split up anyways. Yep. So they split up. And so Dean is like in that part of like a fight of a friendship where he thinks everything is fine. And the other person knows that you have not worked through your crap yet. And so I don't want to be around you. And Sam wants to go off on his own. Yeah, pretty much. So we've got, and and Dean's not even like thinks that things are okay. He thinks he can just pretend things are okay and they will be. But we've cut to we've got another medium, um, and she has a well, we an see, exaggerated. Yeah, we see someone we met earlier. She's like another medium, but it's a girl we met earlier. She was leaving Melanie's yeah. house earlier, so it's Melanie's friend who is also a medium, and she is using a slightly exaggerated accent from what we heard before when she was saying bye to her friend. Yeah, she sounds uh, very different. She's not the same. She's, 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 she's a little Miss leaning Ms. into Ms. a little a Miss Cleo. Yeah. Leaning into a Miss Cleo, for sure. And she, her style of readings is by bones. Throwing them bones. Throwing bones. And the woman, her client is asking her if like, oh, if her, if her brother's going to go back to prison. Uh, and and uh, our our medium uh, basically just says that the curse is going to drag the curse is going to drag drag her down, and some people turn jail into a habit. Ooh. Yep, and so family is a pain in the ass anyhow, which I need to put <laughs> on a pillow. And really, you know what is is happening was what happens during I'm sure a lot of conversations between. Mediums, psychics, whoever you call on your 977 number to get advice about your life. And you're just like, hey, I want to know about my bro. He like, I think he may be going back to jail. And the medium looks at you and goes, yeah, your bro's really going back to jail. And he's going to drag your ass in. Get the fuck away from your brother who's going back to prison again. Yeah. But but she also the, it inevitably goes into the place where all a lot of these conversations end, which is cash or credit. 
Mm-hmm. And she's introduced as Sister Thibodeau by here here as well. Uh, so, which could be a reference to many things. So the main thing, like I kind of got down to, was that there is the Devil's Swamp in Thibodeau that's haunted by the ghosts of buried slaves from Acadia Plantation, as well as those people murdered or killed on railroad tracks that cross the dusty road near Shriver. And if you park over those railroad tracks, you get handprints on your car, just like you do like in the railroad tracks here. I'm glad that that phenomenon carries carries okay. everywhere. But so, but Thibodeau mm-hmm. is not to, is just like kind of like is it like kind of a Cajun term? I guess yeah, yeah. definitely, it definitely has a Cajun tone yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. So after as she's counting her cash after her client leaves, we get uh, she gets a vision. Her eyes turn white. Their fire flares up. And she sees the clock. She sees herself getting choked out. And then, yeah. Yeah, and she's just freaked out about this vision, right? Rightfully so. As you should be. So, um, Dean... Is looking around the house. And he's just like, oh. He's there. Because Dean and Melanie Melanie are there. Mel had called ahead. And... uh, and uh, Sister Thibodeau, aka Camille, is also her name. Is like it's like oh, so it's a phony lawman after he's kind of talking. Well, about yeah, it. and so but also feel like okay, like we're we're just gonna dust things down. Like okay, like you're you're not a real guy. Like I'm not a real psychic. And Dean's just like, what the fuck is this camera? Yeah. So he notices that there is a camera after in the in her in her room, which I guess is pretty smart if you're like a client, like having one-on-one clients like that. And you know, you can find one of those on Amazon for like $200 now. Like there are things that you can buy that you can just like put, like basically do like bugs and do bug sniffers to see if there's a camera that's hanging out in your room and watching you. So if you'd had that, he could have found that, but they do decide that, Hey, we can see this. And apparently back in 2000, whatever this was, uh, that footage didn't roll over and you can review it and see a ghost on it. Yes. So it takes a couple tries, but they're able to see a goat, a woman in a dress, a quote, an actual bona fide ghost. Come up behind, come come up behind Camille and help and force this vision on her basically. And, uh, he's like, so, so, but as Dean points out, no one's having psychic visions as the spirit is giving them out and then killing people. So now they also point out though, that her vision showed clock was at 2 AM. So now they've got some time before she's going to get killed by the ghost. And Melanie's like, Hey, I recognize that ghost. Go to the, let's go to the museum. So off to the Lilydale Museum of Curiosities. Sam and Dean have to make a trip, a field trip. Yep, shut up and take my money. And in there, there is this guy. And he's giving me a tour. And I keep, like, wanting to call him a butler, an undertaker. Like, there is, like, so many, like, people of Scooby-Doo like a, that he could a be. A docent? A docent. Like, there are just, like, all these things that this person could be. Well, he used to discuss telling his tour group there's a tour group with them sam and Dean are not part of it they're just kind of like on the periphery about how lilydale is a haven of psychics and a history of embellishers uh and that's showing like displays of some of like the ectoplasm illusions and things that were used to to fake some of the the these kind of things in the 
in the past. And I think I've told you before that the ectoplasm illusion was often just like Mm -hmm. the snail trail that came out of women's vagina. So that makes me very excited that there is an ectoplasm illusion. Much very large, just saying. Well, there, there, that was not that. That was like some like like paper. They used like linen and paper mache and stuff like that. But yeah. But also, okay. So one that just makes me excited. But also, I think it's very note like when he talks about mediums who like embellished their craft like they're mm-hmm. like and he's saying it with love it's just like whatever like so maybe we're not psychic maybe sometimes like we embellish well sam and dean heard this and then they wander off on their own to go look and there are a lot of pictures on the walls of of different psychics mediums and whoever from this town they're, they're uh they are intrigued at one point when they stop at the Campbell brothers. Oh, that's a family name. She's dying. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Okay. It's like, go on, go, go, go on, go on. But apparently the, um, the docent tells them, he's like, yeah, it never really ended well for the siblings, you know, except for the Campbells, but they weren't actually brothers that, and basically says they were lovers. Yeah, he just says it was a cover for their alternative lifestyles. Then he shows the Fox sisters that I just lose my goddamn mind. And he says, oh, the Fox sisters are among the founders of Lilydale. Kate Fox, she was quite troubled, apparently, but mesmerizing on stage. Said to be able to levitate objects and foretell one's death. And then Dean's just like, oh, that's that bitch we saw. And they're like, yeah, that's her. And then, like, the museum guide or butler, where the fuck he is, he was just like, oh, the older sister, Margaret, perhaps not a natural psychic. And then they're just like, oh, they both lived and they died there and they're buried in the cemetery. And oh, that's not true. It's not true. So we have to go to Laura because I have to Hermione some shit for you guys. <sighs> All right. So before we get like right into Lilydale, so the Fox sisters, which is kind of like one of the running things of this episode, right? That we have, we're looking for the Fox sisters are coming out. So the Fox sisters are not from Lilydale, but I know like the name probably sounds familiar because we have talked about them before. So they are often credited as starting the spiritualist movement, but they, they're just kind of like the earliest things, right? And so in 1848, in the town of Hydesville, New York, which is near Rochester, which is not where Lilydale is. Rochester is another part of upstate New York. All of upstate New York is boring, so it just doesn't <laughs> matter. But so if you, I have been to Rochester, New York, and it is, this town is fucking dull as shit. So because it's dull as shit, the Fox sisters, for the two that we're mainly talking about are Maggie and Kate in this episode, they said that, you know, basically they become haunted and ghosts, like they're the first people that had like ghosts wrapping in their walls via things that people came to see. Right. I guess it's like mm. the CLDR. So they, you know, they basically, they get famous and there's, there's two of them and they have a third sister as Leah. Right. And so there's three sisters. There's Maggie, Kate and Leah. They don't die in Lilydale at all. Uh, they all die just depressing as fuck deaths. 
so like Kate dies from drinking in 1892 and then Maggie died a year later in 1893 and then all both of those and their sister Leah were buried in Brooklyn. No, like not Lily Dale. But hmm. in 1915, they had the cottage. Like, so they, by they, I mean the people of the Lily Dale Assembly had the cottage that the Fox sisters grew up in in Hydesville, New York, disassembled and brought to Lily Dale. What? Yeah, so they had these cottage. Huh. So if like you could drive from Hinesville to Lilydale in about two and a half hours, but in 1915 you probably couldn't do that. Reasonable. So they disassembled it. They reassembled this cottage. That so the, everyone's like, this is where spiritualism started. But, like, even, like, so when those girls died, like, and they were women when they died, but, like, before that, like, they were, like, oh, no, we faked all of this shit. But at the same time, like, the spiritualists of Lilydale were, like, we love them. Let's bring their cottage here. So the cottage gets disassembled from Rochester. It's brought over to Lilydale. But then in 1955, it burns the fuck down. So... That's the Fox sisters in Lilydale. Like they never actually huh. lived there. They had their cottage moved, distance, whatever. So, all right. So let's huh. let's talk about fucking Lilydale because Lilydale was real. Because like, what I said that like so Lilydale was on Casadega Lake, which is an hour southwest of Buffalo. Meaning I will never have any reason to actually be in this area. Nobody huh. has any reason to be in this area. But it was incorporated in 1879 as the Casadega Lake Free Association, a camp and meeting place for spiritualists and free thinkers, which are basically badass people who are like, you know, fuck the government, you know, and, and God and stuff. People I like. But anyway, so these people like go and they're like, we need a place to like hang out every summer. And this basically becomes Lilydale. It comes, it goes from the Casadega Lake Free Association to the city of light in 1903. And then it finally becomes the Lilydale assembly in 1906. And every summer, the Lilydale assembly is open basically for a a gathering of mediums and psychics. And there have been various accountings of the numbers of how people come through, but it's in the tens of thousands per year. So anywhere from like this year, like, you know, 20,000 to 200, whatever summer year it's at, right? I'm sure that varies based on like, COVID or whatever. But um, so, but to really get an idea about this, I said this like started in like the mid 1800s and late 1800s. Like, I think we should listen to a 1900 TripAdvisor review. Okay, it's not TripAdvisor, but it was a cast and Dagan newspaper and it was by E.F. Rugg. I don't know if E was Ernest or Eleanor. So, but. This is what I feel like their trip advisor would say, but this was actually the newspaper. So I am inclined to believe that on our first visit, 
to this beautiful, cozy nook in the midst of Lake and Dales will be ever memorable. I don't know why she has that sound, but she just does, or he does, or whatever. There's a gender here. I have been taught from infantry, infancy that spiritualists were composed of long-haired men and short-haired women who wore a number seven shoe and carried the marks of imbecility in their continents with cloven foot, seven horns, and forked tongue, and all the adornments that embellish his Satin's Majesty, pictured by Dante and St. John. I would like to note that they called them Satin's Majesty in, in their writing, and S-A-T-I-N-S, which is, I believe, how Satan used to be referred to, or shiny fabric. <laughs> but what was a surprise on stepping from the train at Lilydale to be met by at least 200 of the brightest, most intelligent, fierce-looking, best-dressed people of the United States? Wow. I, so according to the newspaper from this town, when you get off the train platform, everybody is fucking hot. So come to Lilydale. Fashionable Lilydale. Fashionable Lilydale. This, though, I think is very interesting because some of this is continuous. So, inside the ground today are about 300 cottages. 300. That's a lot. Two hotels, a library, and a reading room, a spacious auditorium, bandstand, a billiard hall, bowling alley. We also found speakers engaged with the season, polished orators, bright and witty, divided on some question, ever alert, very aggressive when the truth and sincerity were questioned, having at the heart the welfare and spiritual upbuilding of all they whom they come in contact. So remember how in this episode, Dean's walking through town, he's going through all these signs that like talk. Uh Okay. So this is from the 1900 trip advisor review. Strolling about the ground, one is confronted by numerous signs before the door, such as Bang Sisters, Phenomenal Mediums, Spirit Portraits, A Speciality, Campbell Brothers, Celebrated Psychics, Slate, Writing, Spirit Portraits, Clairvoyance and Seances, Other Palmists, Astrologers, Test Mediums, Transit Healing Mediums, Technic Healers, etc., so even in 1900, when you walk through this town, like there were just like all of, like the mediums and shit had signs yeah. like, so it was like, I, I almost, everywhere. yeah, it's everywhere. Right. And so this then goes on to talk about the art gallery of the Bangs sisters. Oh shit. That's not their actual name. All right. And so the Bangs sisters and the Campbell brothers are simply beautiful beyond description. The art of these mediums introducing spirit portraits is phenomenal. One sits with the portraits of a deceased friend in their pocket, and within 30 minutes, the pictures is transformed on canvas before their eyes. First comes the outline, then gradually the picture develops. If you say the eyes are too light, they will change to the required color. The bank sisters told the writer that under certain conditions, they could get a spirit portrait of a person in spirit life, life that never had a likeness taken by the sitter holding the looks of their friend in their mind. However, the imagination must apply much to make a natural picture. Also, when sitting for their own picture, we'll have three to 14 spirit friends on the background of a photo. 
Huh. So the Camel brothers that were brought up in this episode, who the ones who said, uh, we're not brothers, they just were fucking. Uh, yeah. So they were actually, you know, they were, they were known, they were not related. I don't know if they were fucking. But they, um, spirit portraits is one of the things they did, as were the Bang sisters. And the pretty much the basic idea is like you would sit there and you have a seance and you'd be thinking of like your friend. And then like the person would just start to appear on the painting. And that's fucking awesome. And um, so they're like, yeah, they, whatever it was just proven, like they're already painted and like, whatever, it's fucking awesome. If you can make me sit there and like have a, like a painting and watch this happen, yeah. T- shut up and take my money, bitch. Like, like so. The Camel Camel Brothers were real, so we're also the Bang Sisters. Yeah. So also, but letter writing and slate writing were also a phenomenon. So Lily Dale used to have a bunch of physical mediums that were beyond just like the mentalist stuff, which is what you see more of this. You know, the I'm thinking of, but we're along the yeah. spoon bending lines of, of things that were happening, right? So. That was what it was like in 1900. And based on what I've read and what I've seen, like not much of Lily Dale has actually changed. So every summer, you people still come to Lily Dale for the assembly and you go there to go meet with various mediums and the people are coming through. Now, if you go there, you have to pay a gate fee to get into the assembly. Now, the gate fee varies. It starts at $15, but it can go down, like, let's say it starts at 15 Like, you can get a season pass, like, you know, going to Six Flags. Season pass? There are season pass. You get a fast pass to go to the front I line? I have not seen fast passes, but there are season passes. Uh, there's also, like, evening passes if you only want to go there at night and don't want to go there during the day, whatever. So, but your pass into the Lilydale Assembly includes the following. You get these daily activities. At 8.30 a.m., you get to go to meditation in the Healing Temple. 11.30 a.m., there is a welcome video in the Marion H. Skidmore Library, excluding Sundays. 1 p.m., you can get an inspiration stumps message service. 2.30 p.m., worship service in the auditorium. You get a Forest Temple message service at 4 p.m., except on Sundays. And at 5.30 p.m., you can get another inspiration stump message service. Weekly and bi-weekly activities include a Sunday auditorium service, thought exchange in the octagon, and healing temple services. This also includes the attractions of the Lilydale Beach. Now, the Lilydale Beach is open 11 to 6 p.m. during season, and there is a qualified lifeguard on duty. That beach is a grassy sand mix, which offers picnic tables, restrooms, and plenty of parking. You also have access to the Leolin Woods, one of the most insignificant unique old growth forest in the in the northeast it has thousands of year old trees including hemlock basswood maples red oaks white pine etc you can read about the trees on the shepherd hooks in front of the trees you can also go to inspiration stump so that is found at the end of a quiet trail of the leoland woods it's not unusual to become aware of the spiritual energies by an open and receptive state at the stump i do believe the stump has been replaced by not an actual tree but you would have to verify that. Mediums have been holding services at the healing at, at the stump um, after that was named after a sacred pine that once grew there. Once. Okay. You also get to go to the fairy trail. And so there are people who are certified fairyologists. I want to do this for my next degree. 
You also get access to the Labyrinth, which was established and planted by the Fellowships of the Spirit in the fall of 1991 as a gift to the Lilydale Assembly members and guests. Some other frequent questions about Lilydale. Can you have booze and drugs? So the sale and consumption of alcoholic beverages and illegal recreational drugs are not permitted on the grounds of Lilydale. However, regarding marijuana, it is now legal for adults 20 and older to possess up to three ounces of cannabis and up to 24 grams of concentrated cannabis for personal use in the New York state. So adults may soak, smoke or vape the cannabis wherever this is allowed. Uh, and this also kind of goes down. But I think one of the most important things is how does Lilydale preserve itself, right? So Marion Skidmore, who was one of the prominent members of, of Lilydale, once said this. Remember this, Lilydale is and always will be a spiritual camp. Hold fast to this truth and say to those who inhabit something else, the world is wide, so go your way. We would have no new gods placed upon the altar. Spiritualism is enthroned in this camp, and outside issues must be kept to their own realm. Guests to be entertained, but not allowed to monopolize or overthrow the camp. So what does that mean? Would you like to own a home in Lilydale? Are you allowed to buy it as an outsider? You can only buy a house in Lilydale if you're in good standing of the Lilydale Assembly. And so to become a member, you have to follow their processes, which includes including being a good standing of a recognized spiritualist church for one year prior to applying membership in the Lilydale Assembly. You have to have a copy of your current church card. You have to have an application through the Lilydale Assembly office. You have to have this filled out. You have to pay all your fees. You have to do all these things. And you have to talk to the Lily Board of Directors and the Assembly Board for, for the questions regarding your acceptance. But if you do, if you do, there are a number of properties for sale in Lilydale. And I'm just going to start with, I want you to say one because there's a number of them. And I told you this is long. So we're going to talk about one. And this gives you an idea of me being, you want to become a spiritualist and a good faith and good founding of Lilydale. So if you wanted to get the first house, 17th South Street, it's four bedrooms, two baths. 1,500 square foot with all new siding, all new windows, new roofs, plumbing, heating, etc. All of the works. There is a new bath or bedroom with a full bath and two other bedrooms. There's granite counters and stainless steel appliances. It's $140,000. What? What? That's the comp. That is the fucking comp. Oh. There is a number of their house. Um, you can go to the Lilydale site and go do your own haunted realty moment. But these are all like those that they're legitimately the houses that have been a part of Lilydale forever. Like this is like a place, and I'm not, you know, I we would I went quickly through this, but I really do. I love Lilydale is a town that's mainly run by women. It was like the free thinkers and all the people that founded Lilydale were, were suffragettes. They're abolitionists. They're just, just, I don't know, just really nice people. And right now it's like what happens there is there's a bunch of mediums 
take that as you will. There's a bunch of psychics who like own the houses there. And then once the summer things get opened up and other psychics and mediums from across the country come there and people come hang out and they talk to ghosts in the woods and you can't buy the property unless you want to say, Hey, I want to come hang out and talk to ghosts in the woods. And it's kind of cool. And I'm, and I'm a, and I'm a card carrying spiritualist. There's a whole bunch of shit that goes into it. I don't know. Like, it's just, it just seems like a very nice place to go hang out. And you can go to the current trip advisor. And yes, there are lots of things that say, like, this is a bunch of scams. And they're, you know, like, so every summer, like, and I'm showing Diana, like, there's, there's the Lilydale Visitor's Guide. And within it, it talks like all the mediums that are licensed and registered to be in the town. To be a medium who's working in the town, you actually have to go through like a mediumship test where they go to see like, you know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. know, what you're going through. And there's, there's all like, there's so much that can be gone into about this town. It's just this very weird anomaly that exists. There's a few other spiritualist camps that exist in like the other Casadega in Florida, some other ones. It's just it's just a really cool place that is the middle of fucking nowhere, which means I will never I don't say all that or someday I will get there. But so within this oh, there's two things I want to finish on. One, um, if you go to the the every year Billy Dale publishes like their program for the the events they have over the summer, and we're ending the summer uh, August at the beginning of August. They always do a Women's Day festival because, like I said, this was a town. Susan B. Anthony used to go hang out there. Like, like this was her jam. Like Susan B. Anthony like led balls through like yeah, balls, but like they would have balls like where they would go dancing, and like Susan B. Anthony was like the cool chick that was like hanging out. Like when they didn't have dance. Or somebody built what they called the lily pad and they built like rafts where people could go dance on so they had like floating dance halls which just think is the coolest fucking shit ever like i really want to do that um so somebody who wrote the lily say blister guy did like one of my jobs and they wrote in this book uh, what is the fucking number like i don't understand why they did this there's trivia questions in the visitor's guide. They're not, most of them are not answered in the visitor's guide, but they wrote 165 questions. In wow. Uh, so before we get to that, I do want to say, like, so in, in the, uh, in the program guide for each year for, for Lilydale, they publish their mediums and one of their mediums they fell in love with was Dr. Janice L. Dreshman because she has a therapy dog named Sir Tippett's Wick and he was like the number one ther- therapy dog in the U.S. and like they have like video of him hanging out in a salt cave. Totally gonna link to that. Just, we don't have time to go into it but it's really cool. Uh, so but in spirit of Lily Dale to end out this very long week of war um, Diana pick a number through one and a 165 and we're going to ask the trivia question that was in there and just, just want to see what it is well in honor of this episode we're going to go with 77 all right so question 77 which american newspaper editor publisher and candidate for the u.s presidency who famously said go west young man and grow up with the country was convinced of the honesty of the fox sisters and furnished funds for the completion of their education 
I can guess. I can guess. Yeah. Oh, I was wrong. Okay, so what was what's your guess? Oh, now I'm going to question it. I was going to say uh, Teddy. Yeah, I went with Teddy Roosevelt too, but apparently it was horrorless girly. But whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, they said candidate. They didn't say president, right? Yeah. So, but spiritualist candidate Horace Horace Greeley. Fuck yeah. Greeley. Right, so I've heard of him. Basically, like this is a town full of like anarchists and rebels and women, and and just think it's fun. And it's an adorable town and I'm kind of, it makes me happy that there is a place like this that exists. And also Sir Tibbetts Wick, the therapy dog of the salt cave is like made by fucking day. That was all I needed. So, okay. I told Diana, I, I warned you it was going to be long. You did. Yeah. That's fun. All right. And there's, and there's a therapy dog. I mean, come on now. It makes everything better. Right. It's, it's all so right. Cute. So, at, back at the museum, the Lilydale Museum of Curiosities, as our as Sam and Dean are getting ready to leave, our uh, docent or whatever we want to call him. I said, um, I just want to call him a butler because he looks like a butler. Well, he grabs Dean by the arm as Sam walks out and says, I don't normally do this during business hours. And you're like, wait, what? What are you doing, sir? Uh, but he's like, but do you know Eleanor or Ellen? <gasps> Ooh. She's very concerned about you and said, if you don't tell someone how bad it really is, she'll kick your ass from beyond. You have to trust someone again eventually. Don't forget to visit. Yeah. Don't forget to visit the gift shop. <laughs> but also, oh. like, I mean, this is the kind of mediumship that I think we need to see more of. Like in every, like if you're going to have a mediumship show, like whatever they ship show, ship, ship, ship show. Uh, but yeah, it should be like, this person says they're going to kick your ass. But also we're just like, damn, Ella, you, she's coming through mm. and she's pissed. Well, so Dean goes outside. Sam's like, He's like, let's go dig up this fucking grave, burn these bones, so we're done with this fucking case. I'm done. And Dean's tries to like, no, let's actually talk about things. And Sam's like, no, that's not that's not what we agreed to. We agreed we were just gonna work the goddamn case. Um and then he's like kind of trying to talk, but not. It's just really like worked around. And Sam's like, no, we're gonna work the case, but you lied and you killed my friend. And Dean's like, look, I put down a monster who killed four people. If you didn't know her, you would have done the same thing. And tries to talk about how, like, oh, sometimes things are, you know, dangerous and blah, 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 blah. But Sam is pissed. He wants no bit of this. He's like, if it feels wrong, it normally is. And um, and that's all there is to it. But Dean still is like, look, it didn't feel wrong. It's, I just did your dirty work. And I understand why you couldn't do it. Uh, and I would have told you one way or another eventually. It just, you know, maybe after you were done, like, waving a gun at Satan. And you basically tell him, and he, blows it, basically, he literally tells him to stop being a bitch. And yeah. you were so wrong, Dean. And, like, I, and as Sam kind of will get to some of this, like, later in this episode. But, like, I don't get, like, Dean, you, can, you do not get to be on a high horse here. Like you should be like groveling his fucking ass because you killed because because you killed him. Well, it's not just because you killed Amy because I can see Dean's justification by what their mission is in killing Amy. Right? I, I, I'm not saying I agree yeah. with it. 
I'm not saying, but I can see in Dean's mind that justification. The thing that I think is unjustified at all about this situation is that he, that Sam clearly put his trust in Dean. It was a very big deal that they talked about trust extensively. And Dean assured Sam that he trusted him and then lied to him about it. I think that's the bigger issue. Amy, yeah, sad. Don't get me wrong. Both, it's sad, but it, that's a, that's a, that's a more, that's a, yeah. that's a, a, a dilemma that they can argue out in their gray area of weird morality in their, in their murder and, world and, of, of monsters. And we can all argue about it, but it is like he violated the trust. He lied to him. And then I think this will come back again, but it's still just, uh, it's just annoying. Like, I feel like Dean's taking a high road. He shouldn't be writing. Like, he doesn't deserve to get to ride to that. Anyways. Yeah. But then we get so, to Sam digging cemetery. Sam digging a grave, like like their boys do. Oh, yeah. Digging up graves. Dig that grave, oh, yeah. Sam. Ooh, ooh. And you just, and, you just watch him, Sam. I mean, Dean, yeah. Yeah, just Dean just watches him. But they do have a good point. This is where they're like, but why are they give, Why is this ghost giving them the vision? Because they're digging up um, Kate. Because Kate was the one who was supposedly could foretell death and was the actual medium. And Margaret did not have any actual skills. So they're digging up Kate. And while they're digging up Kate's bones, we get an appearance by ghost Kate. And she's mad. She shoves Sam to get him to stop while he's dump, dumping lighter fluid and salt on the bones. And she says, yelling, why isn't anybody listening to me? And then they burn her bones and they don't get to hear what she wanted to say. Which seems stupid. Well, it, part of it is, like, this is why I think, like, I said, you know, Dean missing a ride a high horse is because he's ignoring Sam, who is, like, pointing out that we may be moving too fast. Something is going wrong. Then even the ghost is like, bitch, slow down. Like, why wouldn't you listen to me? And the fact that Dean says to her, you don't get a vote when suffragette, like, that was such a big part of Lilydale. Like, he doesn't even know. Like, like it's a double burn that he doesn't even understand. Because if she, if the Fox sisters really did live in Lilydale at the time, they would have been like, give women the vote. Because that's why Susan B. Anthony was there, right? I just, I, I didn't, I didn't know we'd get a suffragette tie into them burning. Um, but you burning. did. But, cool. Did. You're like, but somehow, that. like you brought the, but if, like now that you know the history of Millydale, you're like, okay, that makes sense. So Melanie and Camille are at a restaurant because they're like, oh, oh also, yeah. like, what was up with her teeth? Like, like, like her teeth were they're like kind of glowy yellow, like, fucked up. Like that's just mean. They were like glowing yellow. It was very weird. It's gross. So Mel- Melanie and 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 uh, Camille are at a restaurant waiting to hear from Sam and Dean. And Sam and Dean are like, "Hey, we took care of it. You're all good. You're safe, Camille." And they're like, "Hell yeah." Well, I think I'm going to stay at Melanie's anyways for a few days because I'm kind of freaked out about my place. We're not going to stick around and find out. We're just going to leave town like we do. We just assume everything is fine because we burned these bones. Bye. And, uh, but apparently it got real late because Melanie and, um, and, uh, Camille are packing up at Camille's at like almost 2 a.m. The clock strikes two and, uh, the vision, she sees the vision again and the fire flares up and the lights flicker and she yells for Melanie to call Sam and Dean because it's still fucking happening. Yeah. My dad say, I'm so mad at how dumb this is and how dumb they are. It is stupid. It's all stupid. This whole, this from basically so from the stupid. time they got to the cemetery on is stupid for a bit. That's just all there is to it. So Sam has 
Melanie, go get a bunch of salt. Well, he tells, he takes the phone and becomes crisis manager, which is yeah. hot. I appreciate that. So, but Jensen Ackles did have the suggestion that the salt that was used in this scene uh, be bottled into jars with labels and then sold at charity for auction, which it was. Oh, that's cool. Well, there she she gets the salt. And and is able to, like, fling it on the ghost, which makes it dissipate. I will say this is about the part in the episode where Diana jumps a lot. Because we get a lot of, like, surprise ghost face. I guess so, yeah. Startled ghost. I don't know. I just, I don't feel like the ghost is scary. I feel like the ghosts are my... It's getting startled. I don't even think there's jump scares. I think it's just, like, it's, like, this weird, like, I don't know. Go on. I wrote them down. So that, that was number one. One jump scare for Diana. Um, and so, but now the, the, but the ghost keeps coming back, obviously. And now they're out of salt. So that's not good. So now we've got Melanie and Camille back to back. One of them has the poker from the fire. This is just stupid. It's all stupid. It's all stupid. I hate, like, I don't like any of this. Okay. So. So a sideboard gets flung across the wall to pin Melanie and knock her out while the ghost kills Camille. And Sam and Dean arrive too late. That's that's what happens. It's terrible. Oh yeah, I didn't even bother going that much. I was just like, find Iyer, get a poke it, get a poker, get hit by a dresser, die by a ghost. The guys pull in and Melanie is crying. That's how I describe yeah. the scene. All right, and so the next day, like this is also stupid. Dean realizes that Kate was trying to warn everybody about her sister. And then Melanie comes down from the shower because they were just there while she was... Sh- what? Well, she was probably, like, panicking. She's just, she was but then she's no, like, watching her friend die. But she want, like, wanted to take a shower while she they were there? Like... And, yeah. Okay. Fine. I can see that. Okay, whatever. But now, like, she wants him to leave. But now she's like, yeah, I thought while I was in the shower, I thought about this and I want y'all to fuck out because you fucked this whole thing up because you should have listened to ghost Kate, but that ghost Margaret was a bitch. Yeah. But I also like now I want you while you're in your robe. Can you please go over all the traumatic things that just happened to you? Tell me all the things from your attack. Yeah. So they decide Sam and Dean go to the cemetery to dig up Margaret now because they're like, well, fuck, we've got one well, set of bones. Because, we'll another. Well, because when they asked her that, she was like, look, they, they were all about Camille. And like, and I really think that she liked it. Like she was smiling and they're like, oh yeah, I guess we have to go back out to the graveyard. Yeah. So they start digging up, um, they start digging up Margaret's grave, which is weird during the daylight. I will also point out that both times they are in this cemetery, in this supposedly very spiritualist town with all these psychics and things, there are zero people hanging out in the cemetery, which I think was... Oh, no, everybody in that town is always hanging out in the cemetery. They also have they have a pet cemetery, which is, looks very cute. That's all for all the things. Uh, but also, like, they don't notice that this grave had recently been dug up. Because, like, as a grave, like, if she really was, like, Maggie Fox from the 1800s, like, that ground would be very different from something that somebody was just stuck up from, just saying. Well, I don't know if they've, they should have noticed that, but I don't know if they'd gotten that far in what was happening yet. But either way, this casket's empty. No, 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 I'm just saying the ground, like, the ground is. Oh, yeah, they would have, should have noticed The ground is fucking different if it's been, like, sat there for, like, 200 years as opposed to the ground that's been dug up. Like, if you go, Mm -hmm. if I go into the plant, potted plant outside, like, 
two days later. I can't get into it. So. Yeah. Well, either way, the, so they should have noticed, but either they didn't. And now they know that this is some binding magic, a psychic ghost bitch on a, on a leash. And now they got to figure out who has the fucking bones. So now they've just realized that all of the headliners of the psychic festival have died. They just now realize this. Mind blown. What the fuck? That poster I know. that was brought up at the beginning of the episode. That I, I was tracking that from the second they showed it. I'm like, oh, shit. And one of them's dead. That means all three of them are going to die. But anyways, so poor poor Melanie. Um, they're like, all right, so. Who would be taking? Who would yeah. be next? Who would be next? Because we got the, all three of those. And then Camille, who's next? Who so, oh, weird. Um, Sam's going to go back to the Emporium and ask good old Jimmy who would have recently bought an Ashwood altar. But, but also then Sam says like, because they wouldn't just sell those at the gas and sit, but this is fucking Lilydale, Sam. Like I'm damn right. They'd be selling Ashwood altar things that fucking gas and sit. It's fucking Lilydale. But Jimmy is like, here, here's a receipt and here's, address. Here's a credit card receipt and an address. That was quick. But okay. So nice of you. Thank you. Mm hmm. But, uh, and over at Mel, at Melanie's, Dean's made a salt circle around her and said, like, hey, you just need to, like, stay right here until we find the rest of these bones. Uh, and he asked an interesting question. She asked him an interesting question. She asked if it hurts the ghosts when you burn their bones. And Dean replies, probably. And she says, good. That was funny. And it also is a thing that is noted as this is the first time this is brought up within Supernatural canon, right? Like, what happens, yeah. like, if I burn a ghost, like, does, it, does it hurt them? Hmm. Well, Sam's on the mission. He pulls up to a house. He's got busts in the door, gun drawn. And it's Nikolai's partner that thought that they were murderers at the beginning. And she is sur uh, surrounded by, or do, has, she has like one of those resonance she bowls. She has a sound bowl. Surrounded I'm like, I go to a lot thing. of yoga. You're like, she's doing a sound bowl meditation. And it's Lamaz. It's a Lamaz class. So, yeah. Not a necromancer. Not a necromancer. Yeah, maybe. But like at this, like this pregnancy thing that could be and not be, I don't know, a necromancer. But at the other place, the ghost is just peeping through the window. She's just like, hey. And that, that was another, <laughs> I jumped there too. I jumped. And you jumped with real. like, oh, I guess. Like, it's just like, uh, if, if I looked outside right now and there is a weird old lady peeping through my window, I would probably jump too. I'm looking. See? I'm looking, I'm looking closely to make sure there's a little lady. Well, so now we know that Jimmy, the Emporium shop guy, goose chased Sam. So now we know goose super sus. That's why he says that Sam says it. So he says I was amused. So now he's the super sus one. So Sam goes back to the Emporium. Of course they're closed, but he's got, but apparently Jimmy puts his personal home address on his business card, which is on the same block, which is just all weird. So Sam goes there and breaks in there instead. And it's just this weird. But, I mean, like, small town, like, also, like, okay, yeah, of course a guy, like, is above him. But, like, so he busts in, he finds some bones. And he finds the skull. But Jimmy puts a gun to Sam's neck. But Sam's way better with guns and is able to take it from him. He's a, sc he's a skull swap. Skull, skull yeah. swap. Well, either way, we can kind of do a back and forth thing for a while here where we show Dean and Melanie are still standing in the salt circle watching for the ghost as their windows start breaking. 
And Sam's going to have to have a back and forth with good old Jimmy. And he's like, oh, let's talk about your binding spell. Hmm. Well, and then Jimmy's like, well, I don't really need a spell because she helps because she wants to. And then back at the house, uh, Dean has a shotgun and um, is, you know, it, but and tells Melanie to get more salt. But somehow, the, because the wind, wind, wind blew, um, the ghost is already inside the circle. So this is not good at the house. It's never good. I think we need to rethink this all circle. Like this keeps happening. It hasn't worked very well. No, no. Either way, Jimmy's like, look, me and Margaret are the same. We're both the real thing, is what it is. And sometimes the real thing isn't the prettiest or the most entertaining. Oh, so that's shit. what this is all about. So what we that's this is where Jimmy's monologue tells us what this whole thing was all about. While the while Margaret is well, Mark Ghost Margaret is still fighting with Melanie and Dean back at the house. So Jimmy has revealed that basically him and Margaret were the ones that weren't the showmen. They weren't the ones that were like great on stage, but they were actually mediums. And so this is their fucking revenge on the people that were actually performers. Yeah. So basically Jimmy's not cute and he was a runner up of the talent show and he's very pissed off. I will say that Maggie, uh, the actual Maggie Fox, Margaret Fox was a catch. So fuck off Jimmy. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, but so and he's like, and, but now basically Jimmy's broke, and even though he's got the giant emporium, so he's he's so he's bitter. And um, anyway, so we've got the fight's still going on at the house, but Sam's like, where are the rest of these bones? By the way, all I've got is a skull, and we figure out through body language that the rest of Margaret's bones are in Jimmy's bedroom. Which is a choice. Yeah, he was fucking her bones. It's a choice. He was fucking. He, he was. He uh, like. He was. Yeah. He was fucking the bones. But also, while this is happening, like Dean is like doing some like chain like chain yeah, fighting. He ran out of shotgun shells, so he's like, it's so it's ridiculous. very much like battle robes. Like he's doing battle robes, but with chains. Yeah, <laughs> and Jimmy tries to shoot Sam misses so sam takes the pistol or uh gets a pistol and shoots jimmy twice and he did yeah well at the point like margaret was just like choking out melanie but then also sam just burns down lilydale because i'm pretty, well, pretty sure much. like so he collects all the bones on the bed they are in the bed they're not just in his bedroom this is where we learned the bones are not just in jimmy's bedroom no, he's, they're in he's his fucking he the, i told the you he was fucking the bones that's what he's doing he's fucking bones Oh, and then right, right at the last second, right when Mel is about to—I say Mel because my notes were sorry, I went over my shirts. Melanie, You're right like, when she's I was about so to choke tired out. of running at Melanie. <laughs> so right when she's about to be choked out by Ghost Margaret, Sam's able to light the bones on fire, and Margaret burns up. Yeah. So, but I was just like, you lit a bed on fire in this like Victorian like apartment next to like you just burned down fucking Lilydale, New York. Nah. Like that is exactly like that's what happened to the Fox sisters' place in the first place. But uh, so we cut from that back to our cafe and our affirmative waiter, who is just trying to get through his pieces of flair. Dean, he's just trying to do yeah. his job. He is, but he's able to get coffee without an affirmation, and he's pretty happy about that. Well, because so... he threatens to punch the waiter in his face if he gives him an affirmation. No, it's, yeah. You're like, yeah, he's you to get an affirmation with his coffee. He was happy. Well, 
Melly wants to come say hi and bye to Dean. So Sam steps out to give them some privacy. And basically she's like, thanks for coming to save my life and kill a ghost. Appreciate it. Uh, Y'all seem a little bit better now, but I know you're never going to come back to this town. So goodbye. (laughs) And it's this weird thing. Like, so they have this, I wish it could have been thing. But there but was not, there was never but it was any, never a thing. There was never any sexual tension between them. Like it just like kind of gets bye. It was kind of teased that there almost was, but it never even ha- there wasn't even the tension. It was very weird. It's very, very weird. I don't get it. Whatever. So bye, Melanie. So outside, Dean goes out and sees Sam puts some of his things in the trunk of the Dodge. So I guess that means they're leaving together. And uh, so Dean just says, so you still want to break my face? Uh, Sam, this is the grudge you hold. This is the grudge you hold. But Dean's just... But he does. But Sam, but Sam does answer. He's like, not at this moment, but you were right about Amy. I get why, but you can't look me in the face and and lie to me like that. Um, and tell me, And you can't tell me that you're fine when you're not sleeping and you're drinking like that. So... Uh, Dean just like points out that drinking, etc., like that's what made him like feel, like guilty, and it was just kind of like I don't know. I think Dean's being a but I think Dean's being a oh, fucking psychopath is what Dean is being. He's being a goddamn psychopath. I think, I think he opens up a little bit. He opens up a little bit. He's like, look, I went with my gut, and but I am having a hard time trusting after what happened with Castiel because and, and I do really and I was acting that way because I don't like lying to you and that was the only thing I could I couldn't sleep and because I was because I was holding this lie in but that's so why I think that, that was progress I, he says like the I don't know it's it's the whole excuse that I was drinking because I don't like lying to you but I didn't feel bad about killing Amy and if you don't feel bad about killing Amy you're a fucking psychopath I don't think so in their line of work. I disagree. She was a goddamn mom. Like, I don't know. Like, the fact that he ignored this entire, like, faction of that. He killed a human being and her, like, ooh, But a it's mom. not a human being. Okay, yeah. That's the part. Fair. That's the thing. That's in his head. It is not a human being. No. That's the difference. But it, and that's why it's justifiable. Like, we have, like, you and I, can, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. I have an issue with, like, when they kill, so, like, our va- vampires that we like or whatever, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, characters. Yeah. But in their, in their, like, in their rationalization that they have to deal with because they kill a lot of motherfuckers yeah. is that's not human. But, but yeah, I guess it's also, he's othering, right? He others Amy, and I don't feel like Amy should be othered. Like, I feel like Amy should be included and not, like, you should feel guilty for killing her. And the fact that he's able to put that aside, like, is, I don't know, like, that's disturbing to me. And, like, that's why, like, at this point, I kind of, like, I kind of, like, I feel weird that Sam is able to put this aside. But I also get that sometimes you have to put that shit aside because you have to ride or die with your brother. Anyway, well, either way. So there we go. But Sam just still wants to know who bent his fucking spoon. And Dean just says, "Forget it, Sam. It's Lilydale." And they drive off as like as woo woo chimes. So can we woo woo chime our way into curtain mm-hmm. call? We can. Time for for our casting couch. Casting couch. 
start off with Melanie, um, played by Dorian Brown Pham. She's been in single episodes of Charmed, NCIS, Two and a Half Men, 911. She was also a, a regular character on the TV show uh, Wilfred. That was the show with Elijah Wood as the dog. It was very bizarre. Uh, as uh, I really hate that show. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was so weird. Uh, and then Jimmy Tomorrow was played by Johnny Sneed. You may have seen him in single episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger, fr- the old one. Friends, ER, Charmed, NCIS, CSI, House, My Name is Earl, Justified, and Bones, and more. He's been in several movies. Uh, interestingly, he's been in a few um, uh, uh, rom-coms like uh, Fever Pitch. He was Chris. That's the one with Drew Barrymore. Uh, in uh, Ben Stiller's movie, The Heartbreak Kid, he was Cal. Um, he was, um, uh, Dr. Uh, he was yeah, Dr. Dr. Tim Cooper in painkiller, which is a current ish ser- Netflix miniseries about the opioid crisis. And, um, also was William Barnes in parks and rec, which is a, re- a reoccurring character. Uh, sister Thibodeau, AKA Camille was played by Rukia Bernard. Uh, she was in single episodes, of, a single episode of The Magicians. She had a bit part in Tooth Fairy, uh, did the rounds on the Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> um, she's uh, the a, a bit part also in The Cabin in the Woods. Um, and then was a regular character named Doc in the Van Helsing series. Uh, Valentine Samuels in the Nancy Drew series. And uh, most recently, Simone um, Abara in the Yellow Jacket series. Our favorite Russian, uh, Nikolai Lishin, uh, is played by Dmitry Chepovetsky. Sure. Uh, he was in a few, a few episodes of X-Files. Um, he was uh, the Robin Williams movie Man of the Year. He played Eckhart. Um, he was a surveillance tech in the movie Red. And then uh, was a Russian sub-ensign in the Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol movie. Our police chief, uh, Bromberg, was played by Dan Wilmot. Uh, He was, uh, most importantly, Mr. George in Mean Girls. And then he has been a couple episodes of Fargo. He's done several Hallmark Christmas movies. And single episodes of General Hospital, Smallville, Umbrella Academy, and American Gods. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's what we got. <sighs> so, what'd you think? It was a very fun episode. Uh, I mean, like, the dynamic between the boys is meh, but at the same time, it was just super fun having the, the like, the thematic of the the things that these the mediums used killing them was just really well written. Very enjoyable. It was kind of annoying, though, that they didn't, like, they. it was like our... It was like almost too silly that the main characters, they, they're like the experts in this stuff, didn't figure out what the fuck was going on earlier. That was kind of annoying. Yeah, I think there are some missed opportunities for sure. Like, for sure. We'll for sure. Thank you. I'm channeling my Muppet Janice. But, 
I think there were a lot of opportunities, like having the set in Lilydale. They kind of they bring it back up in the like in the very beginning of this, or like this was when's the last time we spoke to a real psychic? Was it Missouri? Was it Pamela? And those were such Mm. great characters in the show, right? Like the the show that you know we kind of we love women. We love psychics in general, Mm -hmm. just women. And I feel like they could have. They could have rode the Lilydale horse a little harder. I don't know. But I'm glad that Lilydale got brought up. I mean, I got, it was like very overwhelmed because there's so many things about Lilydale that I wanted to talk about that I was just like, we right. can't, like, this is, I, whole, I, that's, I, like I it's still whole, that's a whole other podcast series, probably. It, well, there's a whole, like, you want to listen to, like, so there's a uh, ghost church by, by Jimmy Loftus, which mainly focuses on, uh, the Casadega, not the Casadega Lake, but the Casadega, Florida spiritualist church, which is like the, the Florida version of, of the okay. But it just, I don't I think that I have such a strong connection to this place that I want to go to at some point that ever since I like, I learned the word spiritualist, I was just like, this place sounds so cool. I mean, it's just like the place where people hang out in the woods and talk to dead people. Like that's just a cool place that I feel like they could have, they could have gone a little further with it, but I still feel like they did the, t- it was okay what they did to the town. Like it wasn't, Yeah, I don't feel like they disrespected what was happening. Like I thought it was a cute episode. I agree. I agree. It felt like a kind of almost like a Hallmark episode version, you know? Like, I, I can see that. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. So. For sure. For sure. sure. Oh, yeah. So if you haven't watched the, the uh, Muppets thing on um, while I'm pro Disney Plus. Dr. But, Teeth and the Electric, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem yeah, on Disney on Plus. On Disney Plus. We're, we're, we've watched a few. I haven't watched enough of it yet. Yeah, but there is there is a cult dedicated to, to Janice that, that are the first Shirleyans. And I feel like we would all, we can worship them. For sure. For sure. Let's cheer and jerk. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Get It production. Meow. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at devilstrappodcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.